If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Luke chapter 24. Luke 24, and we are going to continue today in our series on hymns. Hymns for hope, help, and healing. How, how, how many are here today, and every once in a while you need a little bit of hope and help and healing? Is there anybody? Aren't you grateful that the, the hymns, the writers of the great gospel hymns were written to help us and to give us hope and to give us healing. Hymns that were written hundreds of years ago still apply today. And they're written as gifts to us. And so we've been in a year-long series, and I've heard so many comments about uh, how the hymns have spoken to you. So today we're going to look at, I've got to be honest with you, when I heard this, young, uh, this hymn as a young boy, I, I, didn't, I didn't really fully understand it. It's the hymn, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. And I thought to myself, how is it possible that our Savior, our gentle Savior, is going to pass me by? The hymn was written by Fanny Crosby. She wrote over 9,000 hymns. She was blind. She was unable to see. But she saw something that many people don't see. She wrote about something, and she saw something that most people couldn't see that it is possible for our gentle Savior to pass us by. And as a kid, I'd never understood that until I started looking at Scripture, and I started looking at a story in Luke 24. Now, if you were to ask me, Pastor Scott, what is your favorite story in the New Testament, I would tell you Luke 24 is my favorite story in the New Testament. If I had to pick, I mean, I've got several hundred that I would, I would, I would like to pick from, but if I were to pick one story that intrigues me, it would be the story in, in Luke chapter 24, and in your Bible it probably has a little phrase at the top of it that says, the road to Emmaus. It's a beautiful story, and it gives us incredible revelation on the personality of Jesus. And we can learn from this today. And I'm glad that Fanny Crosby penned the words, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling. Watch this. Do not pass me by. Here's the story, real quickly. Jesus has just died on the cross. And the city is filled with confusion. You can imagine Jerusalem. After the past week, the disciples seeing Jesus hung on a cross, 
And then a few days later, he's no longer in the tomb. And the disciples were freaked out. They were wigged. They were confused. They were like, what in the world was going on? And in Luke 24, it even says, Peter was wondering what in the world was taking place. And so Jerusalem was abuzz with controversy, uh, abuzz with tension and confusion. Watch this. And the disciples said, you know what? We need to check out of town for a few days. This is crazy. The man that we followed for years died on a cross, and now we go to the tomb, and he's no longer in the tomb. And, 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 and the, the, the media, the social media was just stirring things up, and Jerusalem was just not the place to be. So the disciples said, we've got to get away for a few days. How many has ever thought that when life is hard and life is difficult? So the Bible says that the disciples, they, they checked Airbnb, and they found out a little cabin in the town of Emmaus. It was seven miles from Jerusalem. I've been there. I've seen this city. I've taken some of you there. A little town outside of Jerusalem. It was a retreat. It was an escape. The disciples said, we've got to check out. This is way too much. We've got to clear our mind a little bit, and we've got to get out of Jerusalem, and we've got to go to the town Emmaus just to check out for a few days and clear our head. As they were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, they were talking about all the things that had taken place over the past few days. And suddenly, watch this, Jesus shows up on the path to Emmaus. And they didn't even recognize him. How is that possible that Jesus could be walking on the path to Emmaus and the disciples who had spent years following him didn't even recognize him. As they're walking along, the Bible says that Jesus started to explain, started to talk, and started to go through the Old Testament and, 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 and reveal himself to his disciples. And they, they, they reached a spot where Jesus does something very interesting. The Bible says that Jesus pretended that he was going to keep on walking. I find that interesting. And the disciples, they urged him to stay. Don't leave us. Stay with us. We're intrigued by what you're talking about. We are intrigued with your stories. We're intrigued with our conversation. Please stop with us. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped. And they had dinner. And he broke bread. And I believe that he broke the wine. And as soon as Jesus broke bread with the disciples, the Bible says, watch this, their eyes were opened. And they recognized that it was Jesus. You see, something powerful happens when you and I have fellowship with Jesus through communion. The disciples, their eyes were open, and they recognized, oh my goodness, this is Jesus that has been with us. And as soon as their eyes were opened, the Bible says something very interesting. The Bible says as soon as their eyes were opened and they recognized it was Jesus, that Jesus disappeared 
from their sight. And then it says something really incredible. It says, at once. Everyone say, at once. The Bible says, at once. The disciples who were on their way to Emmaus, the disciples who were concerned and confused and filled with doubt, at once they returned back to Jerusalem. To the place of confusion. To the place of uncertainty. To the place of doubt. You see, when your eyes are opened and you see Jesus, you will go back to face the things that you were once running from. And the disciples went back to Jerusalem where a few days later they were empowered by the beautiful Holy Spirit to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a fascinating story. Now, very quickly, I want to give you five lessons, five principles, five truths that we can learn from this story in Luke chapter 24. And if you're with me, let me hear a big amen. amen. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. History doesn't say this, but I believe that when Fanny Crosby wrote that him, she was referring to this story in Luke chapter 24. Why? Because there was a moment where Jesus was going to pass them by. There was a moment in time where Jesus was going to keep on going, and the disciples, they urged him to stay, and when they urged him to stay, their eyes were open to a new revelation of who Jesus was. And there are five lessons that you can learn from this story in Luke chapter 24. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. amen. Number one, look at your notes. Here's the first lesson that we can learn from my favorite story in the New Testament. Here it is. Number one, Jesus will appear the brightest in your darkest moments. Jesus will appear to you the brightest in your darkest moments. Well, where do I get that from? Look in, in, in Luke chapter 24, verse 12. It says, And Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, watch this, wondering to himself what just happened. How many have ever asked that question? What just happened? I got blindsided. I didn't see this coming. What in the world is taking place? And here's Peter, the rock. He went to the tomb, and the tomb was empty. And Peter says, this is way too much for me to deal with. And he started to wonder what in the world had taken place. You see, the disciples were confused. The disciples were fearful. The disciples had just followed Jesus for three and a half years, and now he's gone? What just happened? And they were in a dark, dark moment. How many has ever had a dark moment in your life? Where you look back and you say, what just happened? I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming. I was blindsided. And the disciples were confused and filled with doubt. And their response, like you and me, was, let's get out of Dodge. I need a few days off. I need a vacation. And the disciples were filled with doubt 
and fear and despair. And in their darkest moment, watch this, Jesus was going to show up. Now, I love this detail. They were in Jerusalem. Everyone say Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the, the meaning of Jerusalem is, is city of peace. How many like to have your life filled with peace? No drama, no elections, no social media. I just want some peace. And they were in Jerusalem, but now Jerusalem was no longer a city of peace. Jerusalem was a city of confusion. And they made the decision, we're going to leave Jerusalem and we're going to go to Emmaus. Emmaus was seven miles outside of Jerusalem. The meaning of Emmaus is a warm spring. Mm, I love that. I just need to sit in a spa for a few days. I just need to check into the Ritz for a week. I just need to go to the beach. I need to go to my cabin in North Carolina. I need to get away to a warm spring because this is a dark moment and I don't like what's going on. And instead of me sitting in Jerusalem and facing this doubt and this fear and uncertainty, I'm checking out and I'm going to a warm spring. And that's what we all do, don't we? The disciples were just like you and I. When things get hot, it's time to get out of the kitchen. And in their darkest moment, watch this, Jesus was going to shine the brightest. I don't know about you, but I've had a few dark moments in this past year. And can I tell you, when I was filled with doubt, when I was filled with despair, when I was filled with depression, when I was filled with discouragement, in my darkest moments, that's when Jesus shines the brightest. And yet sometimes we don't even see it. We don't recognize it. We don't feel him. But when you are in your darkest moments, Jesus is the closest to you. And in your darkest moments... Jesus will always shine the brightest. When you want to retreat, Jesus will be walking with you every step of the way. Think about your darkest moment. You probably felt alone. You probably felt discouraged. You probably felt full of fear and doubt. But in your darkest moments, Luke 24 teaches us that Jesus is always there by our side. Can I get an amen? Number two, very quickly. Jesus always shines the brightest in our dark, darkest moments. Number two, I love this one. Jesus will never leave you, but he will pass you by. Now, isn't that interesting? Jesus will never leave you, but he will pass you by. Well, where do I get that from? Look in Luke chapter 12, look at verse 28. As they approached the village, as they approached Emmaus to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. Now watch this. Jesus wanted to see how bad those disciples wanted his help. And so he pretended that he was going to keep on going. He acted as if he was going to go all the way to Emmaus. And the principle here is that there is a promise that you will always hold on to, and that is the fact that Jesus will never leave you, 
but he will pass you by. That's why Fanny Crosby said, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others, though, though are calling, do not pass me by. And the reality in your life and my life is there has been hundreds, if not thousands of times where Jesus was just a prayer away and we let him slip through our hands. We miss the moment. We miss the encounter. He's never going to leave you, but there will be times where he's going to want to see how bad you want him, and in my life and in your life, we have let those moments pass us by. He never left us, but he did pass us by. And by the way, ask the rich young ruler if Jesus doesn't pass us by. There will be moments in your life where you'll be in a church service or you'll be home alone and you sense the beautiful presence of God and God is moving in your midst and God is speaking to you and we don't contain him. We don't constrain him. We don't urge him like the disciples did. There will be a time in your life where you have to constrain him and like Jacob say, I am not going to let you go. I am not going to let you pass me by. I am not going to miss out on this opportunity. I'm going to urge you to stay. And the disciples grabbed a hold of his coat and said, we are not letting you go. I can't fully explain it, church. Are you with me this morning? I can't feel it fully articulate this principle. But there will be a time in your life where God wants to see how hungry are you. Are you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to constrain him? Are you willing to grab a hold of him and say, I am not going to let you go until I get my miracle. I am not going to let you go until I get my revelation. I am not going to let you go until this fear in me is removed and I'm filled once again, once again with faith. Pass me not, O oh gentle Savior. And I'm convinced that God has walked by us thousands, if not millions of times. And many times we don't even recognize what's going on and we miss the opportunity. He'll never leave you, but he will pass you by. Now, some of y'all are giving me that look. And that's a good look. It's a healthy look. It's a look that says, I've never, ever thought about that before. Let me take you real quick. Do we have a, a couple minutes? L let me take you to this story. Go in your Bibles to, uh, to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. How many are still with me? Let me hear, let me hear an amen. amen. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Mark 6, verse 47. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was all alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by 
But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost, and they cried out because they saw him and they were terrified. And immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Here's the disciples in the middle of a lake, straining, almost drowning, and the scripture says that Jesus was about to pass them by. He'll never leave you, but he will pass you by. He was waiting. He was watching. He was testing to see what they would do. And you know what they did? And what you and I ought to do a little bit more of? They cried out. Help! We're drowning! Help me! And it's when you cry out that you constrain God to stop on your behalf and come and help you. I believe that if the disciples wouldn't have cried out, Jesus would have kept on walking. I believe in Luke chapter 24 that if the disciples wouldn't have constrained Jesus, he would have kept on walking. Why? Because he is a God that is moving. And there are times in your life where you and I have to constrain him. We have to cry out. We have to call out. We have to say, we are drowning and I need your help. Help me. And the moment you cry out to him, he will stop. And he will lighten your way and bring light into your dark situation. But he's waiting for you to call out and constrain him. What does the Bible say? Draw near to God, and God will what? Draw near to you. Is God being cruel? Absolutely not. Is God trying to punish you? Absolutely not. Is God trying to play games with you? Absolutely not. He is a God who wants to be wanted. And he will pass you by, sir, if you don't constrain him like the disciples and say, I am not letting you go. He will pass you by. And you and I need to be like Jacob that says, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go until I get my blessing. And when you cry out to him, he will always stop and he will assist you and help you. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three. Bruce, if you go to the keyboard. Number three. Jesus will stay with you when you urge him to. We just talked about that. He'll stay with you. You've got to urge him and constrain him. Number four, I love this one. I've only got two more points. What a great story. Isn't this an interesting story? Number four, Jesus will reveal himself to you when you prioritize intimacy. Jesus will reveal himself to you when you prioritize intimacy. It says when he was at the table in verse 30, 
He took bread and gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. And at once their eyes were opened. See, Jesus wanted the disciples to constrain him so he could reveal himself to them. And they did it through the power of communion. It's when the bread was broken. It's when the blood was shed and Jesus revealed and suddenly the Bible says their eyes were opened. Oh my goodness, it's Jesus. You see, we as believers, we need to place a higher priority on intimacy with Jesus. And when you fellowship with him, when you walk with him, when you worship him, when you talk with him, he reveals himself to you and your eyes are opened. Can I tell you something? There is more that Jesus wants to reveal to you. And all you've got to do is place a priority on wanting to get to know Jesus. There's more that God has for you. You've been saved 50, 60, 70 years. There's more. And the priority is, as believers, Jesus, help me to get to know you more. As I fellowship with you, as we break the bread and we drink the cup, reveal yourself to me. I am fearful. I am afraid. I am scared. I am confused. I know that I need to go back to Jerusalem, but I want to go get a spa treatment. I know I need to be in Jerusalem because that's where the Holy Spirit is going to come down, but I want to go to the Ritz. I need a revelation of who you are, and when you place a priority on intimacy with Jesus, he will reveal himself to you, and fear is eliminated, and you're filled with faith to go back to the city that you were once running from. Love the old hymn. And he walks with me, and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And he walks with me, and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Let's sing that again, church. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever Trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to hear the saith the Lord. 
revelation took place because the disciples cried out help I need you I'm not letting you go I'm going to constrain you they placed a high priority on intimacy with Jesus and when you do that fear is removed courage comes in when you do that when you walk with Jesus faith comes alive because Jesus reveals himself to you and he gives you the power and the ability to do what you once were afraid to do. Go back to Jerusalem. Number five, very quickly, and then we're going to have a time of beautiful communion. I love this one. Jesus will disappear again so you will seek after him more. As soon as their eyes were opened, they recognized it was Jesus. They, 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 they wipe the tears from their eyes and Jesus disappears. What in the world's going on? This is crazy. We were just with you and you revealed yourself to us and it was beautiful and we wiped the tears from our eyes and suddenly he's gone. Why? Because he wants you to seek him again. He wants you to look for him again. He's not content with what the revelation was yesterday. He wants you to continue to seek after him day after day after day. He's a God who wants to be wanted. And he disappeared from their sight. Where are you, God? You were just here. What's going on? I don't understand it. It's kind of like this little cat and mouse thing. I don't really understand it, but I'm going to seek you. And watch this. The last sentence in this beautiful chapter says this. And at once the disciples returned back to Jerusalem. They knew that Emmaus wasn't going to cut it. They knew that a week at the Ritz wasn't going to cut it. They went immediately back to Jerusalem where in a few weeks, watch this, the beautiful power of the Holy Spirit came down. And those that were once fearful and afraid and freaked out were filled with courage and boldness because they returned to the place of peace to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to help them to be the disciples that God wanted them to be.